Are you looking to sharpen your command and leadership skills? The 2024 Blue Card Hazard Zone Conference is coming back to the Sharonville Convention Center in Cincinnati, Ohio, September 30th through October 4th. Immerse yourself in five days of targeted command education and leadership training at the 2024 Blue Card Hazard Zone Conference. This is your opportunity to recharge your command skills and stay at the forefront of incident command best practices. This year, we've added a certification lab, September 30th through October 2nd. Also added a May Day workshop, October 1st to October 2nd. The general conference is on October 3rd and 4th. The May Day workshop is filling up fast, and our early bird pricing of $415 each for the general conference is a limited time offer. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Register now at HazardZoneBC.com. Welcome to the B-Shifter podcast, John Vance, Josh Bloom, and today we have some information for you on just what's going on with Blue Card uh, this month, and then we have some audio that we'll listen to from a Vent Inner Isolate Search Rescue from one of our Blue Card departments. How are you doing, Josh? Good to see you, man. I'm doing great. Good to see you, John. Weather's changing here in Cincinnati. I see you got your sweatshirt on. I'm sure it's cold and probably, what's it, snowing in Minnesota? Uh, just about. We had a little Halloween, uh, pre-Halloween snow, so we've already had our first snowfall of the year. It's a, a nice 36 degrees outside and overcast. So if uh, you're in a sunshine state, here's to you because uh, us up in the upper uh, portions of the United States are getting ready for winter. I, I'm getting my heat mats out so I, I don't have to shovel my sidewalk in the backyard. So that's how close to, to winter we are. Hey, we have some uh, stuff going on with Blue Card. And uh, we, we've been updating some systems. Uh, why don't we give, give the folks an update on that and let them know exactly what's going on with bshifter.com. We had a known outage. We needed to improve, improve the system, you know, get a new platform. And, you know, anytime you do that, you know, there's going to be uh, bugs or, or, or challenges with it. So, uh, every fire department should be familiar with that. You know, if you've switched records management systems before, it's like, oh, well, we were able to capture everything except your inspections. And it's like, uh, yeah, well, what, now what do you do, right? So so with us, on the 20th, uh, 21st of October, uh, the system got shut down on uh, that following Wednesday at 0700. It was turned back on, so... We're just really one or two days past it being two weeks that the system's been turned back on. Uh, we've been working through, you know, continuing to upgrade, you know, the system and make sure that everything's working and making sure that the that you all, the customer base, is getting what you need as far as uh, what our priorities were during the transfer. So a big thing was the learning management system, making sure that that was functional and working and, and all of that. So people who were doing the online could do the online and people who were needed CE could do the CE and instructors with the records management system could build rosters and check people off. So uh, we continue to work through that and refine that. And and thanks to all of you who have, you know, sent in notes, whether it's about an improvement or uh, those that have sent in notes just saying, Hey, you know, we get it, but uh, we, we have this little issue or, or glitch that we're, we're trying to work through and we can't figure it out. So, um, 
we're good with that. You know, that's command function seven. We, we want that feedback. We want to make sure that we are doing the best that we can do and providing the best system that we can possibly provide. And uh, it'll never be over, right? I mean, and just like our organizations, we should be in a state of constantly trying to fix ourselves. And, and that's kind of, you know, my view is the operations manager for Blue Card is we should always be in a state of trying to fix ourselves. So what can we do better to support you all? And I think it's exciting that you know we're rebuilding this platform and we're going to have something that uh, allows us to do so much more to provide better tools and streamline some things for you all, the customers, as well as add a bunch of classes, uh, CE modules, uh, and, and improve process for certification. So just a, a few of those things. We've been working on the ARF module for a while, and um, I got to review it this last week, and I was I was kind of blown away by you know the quality of it and how well it was put together, and uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to in 2024 the ARF module coming out. And I know you know everybody doesn't deal with you know an airport. Uh, probably most people don't deal with an airport, but it's another piece to capture that all hazards. And then we got uh, Chris Stewart uh, from Phoenix Fire Department, retired, Grant Light from Cincinnati uh, Heavy Rescue. And then he's very engaged in like the FEMA HERS training all across the country and, and development of equipment for what the FEMA teams actually uh, deploy with, uh, along with uh, Steve Schubert, who's, you know, also, you know, longtime friends of ours here in Cincinnati and uh, deployed many times with those guys on, on USAR events uh, as far as tech rescue for that first due company officer. So don't get yourself hurt, right? Don't become the victim. But, but what can you do when you get there? So just like the hazmat module, we're building that out. And then our partnership and, and, and relationship that we've built with the National Fire Sprinkler Association. So we, we're building multiple CE modules that'll come out on fire protection systems, uh, managing a fire pump. Like, what does that really look like? What are all these pipes coming out of it? So you know, if you're at a smaller place and it's got, you know, one riser, that's one thing. But, uh, I mean, example, I just made an incident and coming off the fire pump, there were seven, maybe eight risers coming off of it. Three of them were dry, four of them or so wet. It was a cold storage facility and it, it was kind of confusing. Like what in the world is, what in the world is all of this and a whole lot of moving parts. So, uh, we're looking forward to put, to doing something with, with them and pushing that, you know, CE out to all of you that lines up with big box, but also lines up with all this lightweight wood frame stuff we're getting. What does 13R really mean and what's protected and what's not protected and how do you isolate that and all of that. So yeah, I think a lot of good things on the horizon. And then I, I have to mention the silverback leadership thing, you know, Nick and Terry, you know, what they presented at the conference and the feedback we got from that. Uh, people wanted that the next day. Right. And it's, it's in development, and I think it, it's going to be it's going to be fantastic, uh, and we'll see that in 2024. And a good thing is we're not going to have to wait on the entire program. So that 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 Silverback Leadership Program is going to come out in modules. So it, you're, it's not like you're waiting a year for somebody to develop the whole thing. As it gets developed, they're going to start to roll that out. So I think a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, we want to we want to be able to provide to you all the customer. And, and fulfill your needs. And we do that based off of the feedback that you all give us. So, you know, that that's 
a little bit of what's going on with, with us and what we're looking to do closing out this year and starting next year. What can we expect in March, uh, March 6th and 7th, we're doing a, a decision-making, critical decision-making, strategic decision-making model class. That's garnered a lot of interest. One has been delivered so far. What is that class all about, and who is the target audience? Uh, what's the subject of that one? Yeah, so that class, so we, we've had multiple organizations, you know, reach out to us as far as, like, how do we start to connect the, the blue card command training program uh, using the strategic decision-making model, teaching people further uh, in, in detail, like application of the strategic decision-making model on, you know, all kinds of different hazards and building types and all of that. So uh, earlier this year, in the very part, actually, uh, first part of this year, uh, I'd gotten with Chris Stewart, um, who was a longtime deputy chief, and I think still well, he's still a deputy chief. He just retired from one place and went to another, and then... Eric Phillips, captain, uh, 21, two, three-year guy at Las Vegas, riding an engine company, and said, hey, you know, what, what can we do to help our customers connect the strategic decision-making model uh, and command to, to the work we do a little bit better? Um, so with that said, the class, the class, I think, helps the student with making well-informed decisions under high-pressure situations. So... So you can have a discussion about uh, what we're going to listen to a podcast today that, that's a perfect example of an organization that is that is trained and has, you know, seasoned people and exercise the system that that they're making good decisions based off of, of training and experience and that everybody's on the same page. But but this class starts to tie all that together. So uh, you pull up and you think it's one thing, but it turns into another. You pull up and uh, you're going down the path of, you know, we're stretching lines and yeah, we're doing search and all of that. Uh, and then you get the, we have a known victim and how does that, you know, change it up? Um, you pull up and it looks like one thing on the alpha side, you get to the Charlie side and it's something totally different and, and you're challenged with making, you know, making some hard decisions, if you will. So uh, that class is, is two full days. It's a workshop. It's a lot more discussion. There are no like full scale simulations that we do in there. It's more um, let's build out on the front end what system we use to help us make decisions and to get people comfortable. And we talk a little bit about that thinking fast and slow. When do I have time and when do I need to be able to make a decision like right now? Uh, the time to start thinking that you're making a decision and there's somebody hanging out of a window or somebody was hanging out of a window and now they disappeared you should have thought about that long before you got there. Like, what does that really look like? How am I going to manage that? What are we going to do? How am I going to communicate that? So during this class, we go through that and then hopefully it gives all the students, well, we know it does. It gives the students the tools to go back to help them make better decisions on the fire ground. Again, under, I think those high stress uh, environments. And when I talk about making those better decisions, it really comes down to, it's only about them until it becomes about us. And, you know, I'm all about it. Everything we do, customer service, right? Chief Bernasini, it's all about customer service, delivering the service. Well, when the bell rings for us to go to a fire, you know, we're going to the fire. They want us to put their fire out. And if somebody's in, they want inside, they want us to get them out. Well, sometimes we don't make very good decisions and we get, you know, too focused on an objective. And then it becomes about us. And what I mean by when it, what it becomes about us is, and we've seen plenty of these scenarios in the last six months of, six months, year, however long you want to talk about it. But in the last six months, I've seen many myself. 
we get so focused on an objective that we don't see everything else that's going on. And uh, when we get ourselves into trouble, everything else that was happening on the fire ground that we were called there to do goes out the window. Uh, we, we could talk about that Houston incident where the firemen fell through the roof. Everybody saw that. It was all over. It was on national news. And the fireman falls through the roof. And damn near every fireman that was anywhere in sight went to get their fellow firemen out, as they should. But it comes down to the decision-making piece. What were we really doing? Should we have been there? Should we have not been there? Uh, so you know, that that's just one of them, uh, not to mention some of the cases where, you know, we get ourselves into an environment where we shouldn't be and uh, conditions change and then we need help. And of course, the help goes to us, right? I mean, that's what happens everywhere. And we'd be lying to ourselves if we said that that's not the case, because that is exactly what happens. We, 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 we are going to help ourselves. Well, when we go to the help ourselves piece, then all of the other objectives that we were called there to do to provide service to the community go out the window. So this, this class, we hope, well, we, not we, well, we hope, but we also know from feedback that we've already had uh, from, from organiz from the one organization that we did a full scale thing and other places that we've done some, you know, smaller little workshop pieces with the, the impact that it has on the organization. And I, I, I have an example, just a short example that I can share on here. Uh, so somewhere that I do, we, we do quite a bit of work. Uh, they were doing some company officer development and decision-making, but it was hands-on and the company officer got, they were, they were doing it at a burn building. There was five scenarios running at the same time. And one of the stations was company officer pulls up on an engine company. They have a crew. Uh, the burn building is, uh, producing, uh, uh factors that they should be able to identify and evaluate and then deploy people to, uh, and, and while, when they get out of the truck, uh, uh, bystander, you know, starts basically distracting them with my family members are in there. And uh, it was interesting. One, one of the people that went through that afterwards when we were doing an after action after that session said, that's kind of bullshit. I've been doing this 25 years and I ain't never had no shit like that happen before. And I've been to plenty of fires where they said somebody was in there, but nobody's ever gotten that aggressive. And it's like, well, the time to figure it out isn't when it happens to you. And, and it was very interesting. The next day, the guy goes to work on his regular shift in the morning, pulls up, work and fire, gets out of the truck, and a family member has hit, has their hands all over him directing and guiding this person, the company officer, to my kids are inside that building and you need to go get them right now. They're inside of that window right there. And... That day, they the company, this company officer that you know a day before was like, ah, I just don't know, this is bullshit. Said, I'm not sure how I would have reacted to that if I hadn't trained on it and had a discussion the day before. And it's weird how those things happen, right? Like, but you know, and that's just a that's just a small thing, right? I mean, it's like the places that we go that say we will not do vent inner search. Well, if you don't if you don't do vent inner search, then you're doing exactly what Chief Bernasini said: don't let happen. Don't let the bystanders become the rescuers because dad is going to get a ladder off your fire truck and put a ladder up or go through the door or go through the window or whatever. So, you know, don't say you're not going to do it. Just make decisions based off of critical factors. And that comes back to the class, right? Like make good 
well-managed decisions under high-stress environments. And the only way we get there is, you know, experience and practice. That particular workshop is going to be on the 6th and 7th of March. And we also have a number of blue card train the trainers coming up, uh, including January 8th through the 12th in Phoenix, January uh, 22nd through the 26th in Lincoln, Nebraska. We're uh, going to be in Phoenix again uh, in February. Uh, We are going to be back in Phoenix again in March. So just about every month in Phoenix, plus we have some on the road. I'm going to put all of those dates in the show notes so you can get them and get signed up because we know people have uh, end-of-the-year money that they they want to spend on training. So now is a good time to get signed up for all of these classes that you might need for your department, including the uh, Hazard Zone Conference. And the Hazard Zone Conference, I've, I'll put the uh, website up for that too. You can get on and get registered right now with an early bird price. And don't forget with the Hazard Zone Conference, you're also going to get a subscription for everybody that you register. So it really is a rock-bottom price. We had such a huge success this year at the Hazard Zone Conference in Cincinnati. 500 attendees, great presentations. The networking was awesome. It was really one of those things that brings the blue card users together. And we're all speaking the same language, sharing some experiences and learning a lot. So if you want to be a part of that, you didn't get to make it this year, go to hazardzonebc.com or if you are returning, come on back because we, we just had a, a great time in Cincinnati. It was a great venue. And uh, I know I was I was inspired by so many things that, uh, that I got to learn from our speakers. We have some returning speakers. We have some new speakers. You can get the whole agenda, too, at HazardZoneBC.com. Look forward to seeing everyone there. Yeah, with that, John, so if some of you have reached out looking for a Mayday workshop. And at the Hazard Zone, we are going to offer a Mayday workshop uh, like a two days before the conference. So the conference is on the Thursday and Friday, third and fourth, and the Mayday workshops on the first and second. So you can come, you can get the Mayday workshop and the conference, and uh, you can register for both of those at the hazardzonebc.com. Or you can call into the office or email me, and my email is always in the show notes. So. so what are we going to listen to today? We have audio from, and you mentioned earlier, Vent Enter Isolate Search. Uh, and, you know, we, we are for that tactic, I think, as, as blue card practitioners. Uh, you got to practice it, like you said. Uh, and, and these guys uh, pull it off once again very well. So w- what is this audio that we're going to listen to today? Yeah, so we're going back to Cobb County, Georgia, uh, blue card fire department. Uh, they do quite a bit of work, uh, very well organized. Um, when I was listening to this, the thing that crossed my mind was Chief Lester, a uh, month or two ago, his three C's of command, uh, you know, competent, confidence, and then control. And it was like, man, that that is ringing out in this audio also. So uh, I'm not stealing that from him. I was just reiterating what he said. And 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 in this case, uh, early afternoon fire, uh, another another instance where the battalion got there first, which we see that all over the place Uh in suburbia and and I think in 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 you know the large metro areas, metropolitan areas. I mean Cobb County, right? The Atlanta metro area. Multiple incidents that we've reviewed from Cobb County and put on the podcast where the battalion gets there first. And you know some people got mixed views of that. And the more I hear it, it's like man, I I'm more and more a fan of that in a lot of cases because it eliminates the command transfer and right from the get go, everybody knows what's going on. 
you know, the work can just, you know, happen and, and the incident action plan is communicated, you know, early on. So, uh, in this case, again, residential building, early afternoon fire, and they end up pulling a victim out. And in this case, uh, there wasn't a known victim until we got there. So let's, let's go ahead and just give it a listen. And then we'll talk a bit about it afterwards. All units upgrade. 10-4. All units upgrade your response. All units res- update your response. Squad to respond. 10-4. All units clear on your response. Possible house fire. Address 2462 Horseshoe Bend Road. Black smoke coming out of the house. Battalion 5 radio. Battalion 5. Battalion 5 is on scene. We've got a small split level, one story residential structure. We got a working fire with Heavy smoke showing from the roof. We'll have the first steel engine be prepared to stretch a line for fire control. We will have a fire hydrant in the front yard just past the house. To be an offensive strategy, go ahead and balance the alarm. Battalion 5 left command. 10-4, Battalion 5 on scene, small resident fire, heavy smoke from the roof, stretching line, offensive approach. Command engine 10. Engine 10, go ahead. Command engine 10. Need you guys to pull your ladder around to the Charlie 5 for a VEIS. 10-4. And clear to deploy ladder trailer. Command radio with a follow up. Command, go ahead. 360 is complete. The structure is not on a basement. Got a crawl space. It does not appear to be involved. We have a report of a victim inside the Charlie side window. Engine 10 deploying a ladder around at the Charlie side for a VES. Well, the next two engine be prepared to stretch a line for fire control. The type of accountability on the alpha side. 10 4. Radio clear. Command all units. We also have a report of a uh, dog in the basement, a dead bull. Command engine 30. Go ahead, command. Okay, I need you guys to, uh, looks like Cleveland stretch the line to the alpha side. need you guys to uh, do a quick hit on the alpha side window and make entry for fire control. Dirty clear, quick hit. We've been inside for fire, no? Seven's level one, three. Command engine seven. Seven, go ahead, command. Need a primary search. That's clear from research. Just the advisors are reported a pit bull in the basement or in the garage. Seven's clear. Did we get anything advised on the possible on the Charlie side? No new information yet. Ten's working on it. And a squad seven. Go ahead, command. Go ahead. If you guys go around to the Charlie side and assist with uh, engine 10 with the VES. Rescue 23 is on scene with two and a third rider. Command to rescue 23. Once you guys go on deck, alpha side. 23 is clear on deck, alpha side. We do have a victim in that window trying to get him out at this time. And engine 10, go ahead. Trying to get him out the window at this time. Okay, your uh, traffic was broken up. I understand. Can somebody else that's back there advise? I think you have a victim coming out. Truck 22 is on the scene with three. Command squad seven. Squad seven, command. We're on the Charlie side. We're assisting with getting the victim out right now. Okay, I'm clear. Pulling a victim out. And the truck 22. Commander Rescue 23. Rescue 23. I need you guys to bring your ALS equipment up and assist with patient care. 23 clear. Bring in ALS equipment. Attack up the six and the infirmary works hard seven. Squad seven, command. We're coming out the front yard with the victim. Go against the machines up there. Commander Radio. Radio, go ahead. Can you confirm a uh, ambulance that's responding to this location? 10-4, we'll try to get an ETA. 
Rescue 23 to command. Puggins bringing their stretcher up here right now. 10 four. Engine 23, level 1, 3 personnel. Engine 23, on deck, Alpha side. 23 is clear, on deck, Alpha side. Radio to command. 10 4, Puggins should be on scene. They're clear to start walking up. 10 4, I got eyes on them now. Thank you. 10 4. Come here, all units. We have permanent water supply. Battalion 1 on scene, too. Come in the battalion 1. Battalion 1, come here, go ahead. Hey, I need you guys to uh, bring your gear up to the Alpha side. I'm going to set you up with Alpha Division whenever you guys get in place. I'll advise the units of yours. 10-4, Alpha Division. Command, we have the dog coming out of the garage. 10-4, I'm clear. Commander Radio, can you have animal control on route? 10-4. Rescue 17, Command, on scene, as med ops. Where do you like to locate Command to Rescue 17, go ahead and set up on the Alpha side. You set up rehab and uh, standby. Radio to command, 10 minute benchmark. Command's clear on 10 minute benchmark. Command to engine 30. Go ahead, command. Can you give me a cam? We're on Alpha side, second floor bedroom. I think we got the light down on the fire. No need to decide. Let's take a quick break. Enhance fire ground leadership with our critical thinking and strategic decision-making class designed to strengthen incident command through the functions of command and foster a safer, more effective decision-making process for fire service professionals. The only critical thinking and strategic decision-making class at the Allen V. Brunacini Command Training Center in Phoenix, Arizona is May 22nd and 23rd. Sign up at bshifter.com. Okay, I understand. Second floor, alpha side. You got a blackout on the fire. Just uh, check for extension in that area, please. Manage in seven. How are they going, command? Just uh, advise your progress on your uh, primary search. Definitely. You can show primary complete on second floor. Transition first. Yeah, I'm clear. Primary complete. Second floor. Engine 30, command. Command engine 30, go ahead. We exited Alpha Side with two. Reference medical. Close line left with truck 22. 10 4, command to rescue 17. 17, go ahead. 17, need you to uh, check on the firefighter that just came out the Alpha Side front door. This one's on scene. 10 4. Engine 7, command. And the last unit, go ahead. It's engine 7. You can show primary complete. And a radio. Radio is here. Go ahead. Got all clear on the structure. Ten four. You know, I think another another good bit of audio from uh, you know Cobb County. Uh, clearly, they exercised the system. You know, right from the beginning. Uh, in this case, uh, that battalion got there first. You know, while they're in route, working fire. You know, heavy smoke upgrades the assignment. Um, once they're there. Uh, gave a really good initial radio report. Everybody's hearing what's going on. Uh, and then before the 360 got completed, you know, known information from a bystander about a victim that they somebody had seen in a window. So, you know, that initial radio report piece of an assignment of the first engine going to, you know, stretch a hand line for fire control, you know, gets, gets updated and changed to, no, we're going to do VES. So, you know, part of that comes down to knowing your 
response district and knowing, you know, what's really going on, I think, and, and when that next company is going to get there. So assigns uh, engine 10 VES, bring a ladder to the Charlie side, uh, pretty good order model. Engine 10 acknowledges that. Hey, we're bringing a ladder to the Charlie side for VES. Uh, engine 30 pulls up. Uh, engine 30, you know, had heard some of that radio traffic because the incident action plan was being reported over the radio. So uh, they started to take action and then command communicated with them. Yeah, go ahead and get your line to the alpha side. Quick hit the visible fire and then make entry through the alpha side. So, you know, uh, another good task location objective, exactly what they wanted to happen. Uh, following that, Engine 7 arrived. They signed them for primary search. There's a little bit of communication back and forth of what's going on with that victim. And, and command communicated with them, hey, we're doing VES through the Charlie side. Uh, the squad gets there uh, and, and just gets assigned to assist Engine 10. Because we all know, right? I mean, we, we got a victim in the window. Uh, and they say they're working on getting them out at that point after Squad 7 got assigned. So, you know, a piece of that is... There ended up being a few extra radio transmissions there from Engine 10, and then Squad 7 fixed it. But that's one of those places where when we talk about like refinement, and I'm in no way, shape, or form armchair quarterbacking anybody. I mean, kudos to them for everything that they do. But it's one of those things as the incident commander, Engine 10 priority traffic, they get a second to, okay, what's this? And then they say what's going on because engine 10, we got a victim, we're coming out and the traffic was missed. So command had to ask him again, like, what what was that and what do you need? And then the second time they were working, right? So now they got their hands on them. They weren't going to stop doing what they were doing, but they were trying to talk while they were pulling them out. So the transmission was broken and then command called squad seven, like what exactly is going on? And then gets a clear report of everything, right? And squad seven says, yeah, we're going to be coming around the outside. We're going to need you know, an EMS unit. And, and while all that was going on, uh, Rescue 23 had been assigned on deck because they had fulfilled all the objectives uh, at that point. And then when the victim piece popped up, Rescue 23 got assigned, get your ALS equipment to the alpha side uh, to assist with, with, with EMS. Truck 22 was assigned, you know, inside, and, and then Truck 22 ends up, you know, pulling that dog out. So that, that was a good report. Engine 23 pulled up, got assigned on deck alpha side because they had used Rescue 23 that they had had on deck. So they're trying to maintain and keep that all three levels, right? So uh, companies working, companies on deck, and then still companies companies that are staged. Um, so during that, we heard we hear uh, Engine 30, you know, give a can report. So that was a that was an IC driven can report, right? So Command to Engine 30, give me a CAN report. So from the beginning, Engine 30 was assigned fire attack. So Engine 30 comes back, yeah, we got the fire blocked out. Their terminology, they know what that means. Everybody else probably knows what that means too. And then uh, no other needs really. And Command says, hey, just make sure you check for extension, you know, all around, you know, that space. So a lot of stuff happened on this. So at the 10-minute benchmark, there's eight or nine companies there and that were assigned, right? And it's, I mean, it was a small, single-family residential building, but with some stuff happening. So you ended up with uh, Engine 10 with a victim, Squad 7 with a victim, Truck 22 brings out the dog, and then Engine 30 ends up having uh, 
you know, a firefighter that needed medical attention. So a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and then Battalion 1 gets there. So we hear Battalion 1 on the scene, and then you hear Command tell Battalion 1, hey, get all of your stuff. And there's two of them. They got drivers, so that, that that's fantastic. Uh, get, all of your, get all of your equipment. I'm going to assign you to Alpha. Let me know when you're there. So Battalion 1 is not Alpha until they say, Battalion 1, I'm in Alpha. And then Command's going to give them a rundown. No different than a Command Transfer. If a strategic IC is pulling up in a car, they're going to gather the information from that fast attack mobile IC before they actually take or assume command. Well, in this case, Battalion 1 isn't going to be in charge of that geographic area and those companies until they are actually in place. And then once they're in place, command gives them a rundown of here's the units that are working in your geographic area. Here's who you got. I think it's just another great example of the system, right? I mean... There's not excessive radio traffic, very clear assignments. The objectives are being met. Uh, uh, the accountability piece, uh, you know, kudos to this fire department and the accountability piece. So command called engine seven for a can report. And engine seven, we all remember, was assigned for primary search. And engine seven says, uh, we got to all clear the second floor and we're moving to the first floor. That's good accountability, right? Because before that, command knew Engine 7 was in the building somewhere, right? Probably on the second floor because of their training and procedures. And we're going to search from the people who are at highest risk, the people who are at lowest risk. And there was a victim on the second floor they pulled out through a window. And if there's one, maybe there's two, whatever. So, you know, that was really good. And now command has a much better picture of what's going on and is starting to check off those objectives, right? So engine 30 reported, hey, you got the fire knocked down. Okay, and it's looking better. And now engine 7 said, I got an all clear of the second floor, and we're going to the first. So the whole thing's organized. Everybody's hearing the incident action plan. Everybody's on the same page. And really what it comes down to, when we have standard conditions, we take standard action for a standard outcome. And if you're really thinking forward, a known victim should be a standard condition. That's what we all go to, right? And then so many organizations get thrown off by that. And it's like, we should plan on having victims. And, you know, the number one thing we can do is put the fire out. And in this case, you know, they did vent and search through a window, known location, but that other company was there. They stretch a line, they put the fire out. Everybody's working on the same page. Uh, yeah, very well organized. Communications is good. Strong command presence. Yeah, I mean, I... I think it's uh, another uh, Cobb County gets another gold star. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things that when we get to a fire with a known victim is looking at our risk management model. And that's the point in time where we're saying we're going to risk a lot to save a lot. But even in this case, they're going in to do that, that rescue, that imminent rescue, but they also have water on the fire. That one company, I forgot which one it was, already already darkened it down from the outside by performing a quick hit before the water supply was even established, buying everyone a little bit of time to get into that victim. Now, luckily, they have a very robust response, so they're able to apply water at the same time that they're also doing the rescue. But the, the water definitely helps the rescue. It also helps the survivability profile of anybody else that may be in the house. With Blue Card, we always say, if you find one victim, be very wary that you're going to find more. So getting that all clear is, is very important. Um, as far as the... Uh, 
other critical fireground factors go, I think, uh, you know, even on the size up, they call it out. There was a crawl space. I mean, they, they, they are identifying that stuff. Um, if you have a basement, it's going to be a whole different thing, right? So um, they, they just all the way around the three C's that uh, Chief Lester and the rest of the crew down there practice, preach and do uh, definitely coming out in this audio. We say it all the time. You can do so much more and be so much more productive when everybody's on the same page, the same plan, and when they all know what each other are doing. And in this case, everybody there knew what was going on. All right, Josh, that's a good podcast. That was great audio. Thank you very much for uh, being here today and going through that with us. Of course, if people have audio that they'd like to share with us, our emails are, are right here or in the show notes. If you're listening, you can send them to josh at bshifter.com. We'd love to feature audio from blue card departments out there. So we'll have more audio for you real soon. Until next time, thanks so much for listening to B Shifter.